0: With insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, welcome to The Cindy Gross Show. Talk Radio's premier Jewish woman activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, Cindy Gross. Hello
1: and welcome to this very special Memorial Weekend episode of The Cindy Gross Show. Talk Radio's premier Jewish women activist. First of all, I want to join you in thanking all of our veterans and all of our families who have made the ultimate sacrifice and lost loved ones to wars. They were defending our country, our principles, our constitution, our amendment rights for freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, the right to vote, the, all the rights that we have today, we owe them a debt of gratitude, today and every day. We have a huge show tonight. We are going to be featuring, in fact, a very well-known journalist who is a vetman himself and an America First candidate, because it's all about America First. But for, first, join me in my welcoming my opening pearls of wisdom. I am a Jewish activist. And one thing I know about Memorial Day, regardless of political party, regardless of religious affiliation, regardless of any kind of age or gender or any kind of group one feels they belong to or how they practice their lifestyles, we all know this. We have all suffered loss from our people in the armed forces who gave up their lives for defending our country and our voices. It is no different in the Jewish community. I am proud to say that I am one of the sponsors in my local community parade. And I can't emphasize enough how proud I am that so many local Jewish activists are in my parade. It is really important, and it's a great factual learning family experience to teach about cultures and work together in a positive way to discuss your own heritage's background in Memorial Day. How many of you look at pictures at Arlington Cemetery and you see the Star of David and you see how many Jews sacrificed their lives to defend America? That's not a new phenomenon. It goes all the way back to the American Revolution, where there were over 100 Jewish soldiers that participated in the American Revolution, and many of those lost their lives. In the Civil War, we had over 10,000 Jews fighting both for the Union and for the Confederacy. And, of course, we hear the stories of Jewish soldiers, together with non-Jewish soldiers, walking into concentration camps and could not believe their eyes what they saw. Every so often, a Holocaust memorial celebrates a marriage of an American Jewish soldier and a Holocaust survivor. There were more around before, maybe several decades ago, but there's still a couple around that are now married 50 years and more. It's those stories that make our country so special. It makes our heroes, the real heroes, the ones that gave their lives. Tell me what you think and share with us, veterans that listen to the show, that we should be calling out and sharing their stories. We'd love to hear it because every day is Memorial Day when you are an American.
0: Nation's Finest is a nonprofit that's been dedicated to helping military veterans and their families for nearly 50 years. The COVID-19 crisis has hit homeless and low-income veterans hard. Through the VA Supportive Services for Veteran Families Program, Nation's Finest can assist veterans and their families who are struggling to pay rent and other housing-related costs. To get help, visit nationsfinest.org or call 833-GOT-YOUR-6. That's 833-468-9676.
2: Prairie Street Prime is revolutionizing the luxury kosher experience by delivering Star Case certified, USDA Prime, high-choice, and dry-aged kosher beef, veal, and lamb right to your door. With culinary excellence, education, and community at the heart of our mission, we're demystifying kosher cuisine and empowering our community with innovative recipes and chef-led tutorials that build confidence and foster fun in the kitchen. Our latest offering, Dry-Aged Beef takes luxury kosher cuisine to a whole new level. You can currently get all of our rib-based beef and briskets dry-aged with additional products coming just in time for Passover. Each step in our process is thoughtfully curated and Star-K approved to ensure your meat strictly adheres to kosher protocols. Order now at prairiestreetprime.com for delivery anywhere in the U.S find us on instagram and enter our dry age sweepstakes before monday april 4th 2022 for a chance to win our four bone usda prime 28 day dry aged prime rib or our usda prime 28 day dry tomahawk prairie street prime is your luxury kosher experience
0: You're listening to America's premier Jewish woman activist, Cindy Gross. Welcome back and get ready for more of Cindy's exclusive insights and analysis right here on The Cindy Gross Show.
1: Joining us now is Robbie Starbuck. He is a congressional candidate from Tennessee, but he's here to discuss a very special project close to his heart, a new book from Brave Books and Many of you know, we've had the publisher on Brave Books on the show talking about the importance of sharing facts with children and teaching them the truth of American history, especially. Putting Pirates and the Problem with Power covers an important lesson, but does it through an epic adventure. In this story, you're going to learn about a dangerous mission to save the precious freedom lore in the middle of a fierce battle against silly pirates, a warrior panda, and a crazed pirate captain, your kids and you are gonna learn the importance of the Constitution and the checks and balances we need in local, state, and national elections. And nobody knows it better than our next guest. Thank you so much for joining us Robbie and um, for many of my Jewish vote GOP listeners and followers you met Robbie last summer and he was one of the very first to announce he was going to run in 2022 and he hasn't stopped if you see his social media so tell us in the middle of a campaign why you decided to write this book.
3: Well, I'm a dad with three kids, and to be really frank, we already subscribed to Brave Books before they reached out, and so when they reached out, it was a no-brainer because my youngest, it's her favorite book series, and so um, it blew her mind that I was able to do this, Um, and so it was very simple for me because culture is the battleground for our future, and if we allow our kids to be raised solely on things like Nickelodeon and Disney, we're in big trouble, and so... I said, you know, anything I can do to help support another alternative for families to, you know, reinforce our values, I'm going to do.
1: And as we learned the last time we met you, uh, you are involved in the entertainment world. So this was a natural transition for you. And because you are not a typical looking candidate or a typical uh, candidate who has the same resume like everybody else in D.C., similar to number 45 the establishment gop would like nothing more than to challenge you so tell us what's going on in your campaign
3: yeah so you know i've been lucky to be endorsed by senator Rand paul candace owens dr sebastian gorka marjorie taylor green um a bunch of other members of congress and um Pre- president trump's lawyers as well rudy giuliani uh, being one of them and um you know, the establishment was scared because I was winning this race and I was winning it, you know, pretty handily. And so they jumped in here and they used the bylaw that's actually written into our party specifically to get Democrats um, who try to sneak into elections as Republicans. So it's really something that that happens only in super red states where, you know, a Democrat will, will go and they'll run for some local position and they'll sign up and say they're a Republican and it's supposed to be used to keep those people from being able to run. And it essentially says you have to have voted in three out of four of the last statewide Republican primaries in Tennessee, solely in Tennessee. So you can't carry this over from another state. So I haven't even lived here, um, you know, I've lived here three years. There have not been um, enough primaries for me to fill that standard. So the secondary standard is you can be vouched for by uh, party, local party officials. But the thing is, this only happens if you're challenged. You have to be officially challenged. So I was officially challenged a few, you know, and uh, I think end of February. And so they did this over a year into my campaign, basically. And they did this last minute because they knew what was going to happen if they didn't do it. They did a secret vote of 16 people, which, by the way, is also not how this is normally done. Normally, this is a public vote. Um, they did not have a public hearing or a public vote. They did it all in secret because they were afraid to have their names tied to how they voted. And they kicked me off the ballot. And so now we're suing them. We already went to federal court. Next up is the state court. Um, And we've got a few weeks left to get back on the ballot as a a result of those cases. So, you know, we've got to kind of wait, go through the legal process and our hope is, is to be put back on the ballot so that we can go fight, fight and win this race.
1: Well, we're with you all the way. Jewish vote, GOP endorsed you. We're going to send out more information about the campaign and updates as well. And, I really want to talk a little bit more about the book. Why pirates?
3: Well, the pirates are kind of a recurring theme in some of the books. There's, there's pirates. So um, I will say this, though. You said it was a crazed pirate. And I will say he is crazed, but not quite as crazy as our current president, Joe Biden. Um, but it is a good way for kids to kind of start to learn the danger of authoritarians. Okay, so in the book, you know, this, this pirate, they're trying to steal what is their constitution, freedom's law. And when you're trying to steal that, you start to see no matter how well they sell it, there's a central character in it, uh, Puddin, who starts to see that no matter how good it sounded in the beginning, that authoritarian was always going to misuse that power. And that this wasn't the right way. Stealing the power was not the right way. Stealing freedom's law was not the right way. You had to do it the right way. And that freedom's law had, you know, some really great things about it. And so part of that process of learning critical thinking for kids is to get them to connect this with our own constitution and you see that in the end of the book where you have the um, brave challenges and the brave challenges in the back, get families to do games together that really result in critical thinking for kids about how the lessons from the book apply to their own life. And that's one of the things I love the most as a dad is that you know you get to be a part of it with them and do this fun game and you get to see them come up with, with this themselves for why the constitution's important or why whatever issue it is in any of these books why it matters and then being able to come to that on their own is much more powerful than you just saying this is what we believe in that and and that's just it you know you've got to let them have that that space to to think about it and to come to their conclusions on their own
1: can't think of a better Father's Day gift than giving this book. And I know we could order it online on Amazon. I know it's available in major bookstores. I'm sure it's available on your website. Where can the, my listeners and followers uh, find you?
3: Yeah, so you can't get the book on Amazon. They do not sell on Amazon purposefully. They don't want to give money to, to Amazon. Uh, they've been... they are able to if they wanted to, but they don't want to. And so they're selling direct at bravebooks.com. Um, and then if you want to support my legal effort, people can go to starbuck2022.com and donate there. Um, that's a big help. We need to fight this specific type of action to make sure it cannot happen again, because in America, our voters need to decide our elections, not a secret group of 16 people voting you know, in some back room. And so um, any way you want to support on that end, really appreciate it. And then on social media, I'm at Robbie Starbuck on every platform.
1: So I do want to go into you are bringing up children and parents. And of course, we cannot uh, leave a congressional candidate without discussing what the uh, Department of Justice is doing to parents, calling them domestic terrorists when uh, they go speak up for what they believe in. And what are your thoughts about that? And what do you plan to do when you get to Washington? Because you are going to win the lawsuit and you are going to win in November. So what are you going to do to help parents and students?
3: Yeah, speaking as a parent, you know, um, I went to these meetings. Um, You know, my kids are lucky and I, I was able to pull them out of public school at the beginning of COVID and put them in private school. Um, and not every parent's that lucky, you know, Um, and I said, you know what, they need people to show up for them, so I went to every school board meeting, um, you know, at these different counties, so I went to Davidson County, where they were force masking children, and also Williamson County, where they were doing it, and in Williamson County, we ended up eventually getting what we needed, and getting rid of it, I was at the very last school board meeting uh, in Davidson County, about two and a half, two months ago where they finally announced they were dropping the mask mandate. So we're pushing and pushing and pushing and fighting. And the truth is, is that these parents were the bravest people you could possibly want on your side. Um, And I'm going to fight for them on every front in DC. And so a couple of the things I'm going to make a priority is number one, doing a national version of the bill that Florida did to, um, you know, stop grooming in our schools And so our anti-grooming bill is going to be modeled very similarly to Florida's, um, except for we're going to extend the time range. Because in Florida, it goes up to third grade. We're going to go up to at least sixth and maybe eighth um, to to essentially say, you're not allowed to bring all this craziness into our kids' schools. You can't go have them, you know, have a trans flag in your classroom and not an American flag. I mean, this is just un-American. And so we've got to have certain standards in terms of what is appropriate to impart on kids and for teachers to not be able to psychologically manipulate kids into certain ideologies. And so um, that's one. But the other one is school choice, because one of the things we saw was that inability to get away from the system that was brainwashing kids. And so I want to deliver that power back to parents So that they get to choose where their tax dollars go you're putting that money in for education you should get to decide where it gets spent and so i want to give parents that that option again so they can get away from some of these horrible poisonous institutions because it's also the best way to cleanse the institutions is by giving people choice so that bad institutions don't get the money anymore and they know they have to change something to get the money again and so if you just break it down to a very basic economic, you know, sort of calculus, on that front alone, once you give parents choice, you're gonna start to see this stuff go away because the institutional powers of beer are gonna make sure that they get the money and the funding they need. And that's only gonna happen if they get in line and stop this stuff. Because the truth is, even a decent number of Democrats don't want this stuff.
2: Absolutely.
3: And so I, that, that's going to be something you realize very quickly with school choice um, becoming a reality. And I think it's going to be something we can gain a lot of support from independents on that may lean them more in our direction permanently. Um, because the Democrats fighting against parents having a choice, I think it's not a popular thing.
1: I can't agree with you more. I'm also going to suggest listening to something in 2015 that Donald Trump said as candidate, diminish or eliminate the Department of Education. Yes. They have too much power. The teachers unions have too much power. And you know what? We didn't even discuss the exact district you're from and what areas, because Tennessee, like you said, is a red state. Probably your seat will be a Republican seat and your state's going to stay red. So tell us exactly where in Tennessee you are.
3: Yeah, Tennessee's fifth district. It spans from you know South Nashville all the way down to Murray County, Marshall County, Lewis County, so toward the southern side of our state. Um, But it it is now it was redistricted in the redistricting process. So it went from it was formerly a Democrat seat. Um, In fact, this will be the first time it's Republican ever. Um, And it's now a plus 12 Republican seat. So it's a pretty safe Republican seat now. Um, And so, you know, there's no doubt that a Republican should win this race. Um, The question is, will justice be done and not to be back on the ballot, I believe it will. You know, I have to, I have to believe in our justice system in America that the right thing's gonna be done because even in the federal decision that came out on Friday, it's an opinion. The words are in it. It says Tennessee Republican Party did not follow their own rules. And on that basis alone, the state should step in and say, okay, we're gonna do the right thing and put them on the ballot.
1: The book is Put in Pirates and the Problem with Power. And it's a great way to teach children alliteration. Ravi Starbuck, thank you so much for joining the Cindy Gross Show. You are welcome back anytime.
3: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: We believe in patriotism. We believe in our nation's youth. We believe veterans earn their benefits through their service to our nation. We believe in a strong national security. We believe in our country. For 100 years, veterans have been impacting our nation through the American Legion, and we believe it makes a difference. If you believe, learn more at legion.org slash we believe.
4: Kosher CBD is a kosher certified CBD company with something for everyone. We have Star K and CRC of Williamsburg certified on all of our products. CBD is derived from the hemp plant. However, there are no psychoactive effects. Why use kosher CBD products over any other brands? Quality is key. We work with a factory that has a patented formula that creates the best gum that's most enjoyable to chew. Our CBD products are all made using U.S. grown organic pure hemp. It is purely and properly extracted and lab tested to ensure Sure, we are offering the best quality. We are proud of the research we put into sourcing the highest quality products. We have four product lines, CBD line with both gums and mints, immunity pack, Gums and chewable tablets. Focus, an incredible product that combines CBD, caffeine, and theanine in the trifecta effect of Focus. And pure full-spectrum CBD oils. We have four strengths, so everyone can reap the benefits of CBD. Visit our website at koshercbd.com and our Instagram handle, koshercbdofficial. Use code CINDY10 to receive 10% off of your entire order.
0: You're listening to America's premier Jewish woman activist, Cindy Gross. Welcome back and get ready for more of Cindy's exclusive insights and analysis right here on The Cindy Gross Show.
1: I am so happy to have one of my good friends, a veteran, on our Memorial Day weekend special. Scott Wheeler is an American First Patriot. He is a veteran, he's an investigative journalist, and like I said, he is a great friend to me and to many people throughout the country who share in America First values. Thank you so much for joining us on this very special episode.
5: My pleasure, Cindy. Good to be with you.
1: Scott, what do you say to people today when they ask you about being a veteran?
5: Well, <laughs> uh, I, I'm usually a little flummoxed because, um, some, some things I can't talk about, but some things I, I can, uh, I did, uh, uh was in, in the early eighties the first time and then reenlisted in 2004, uh, during the war on terror. And, uh, it was, uh, a great pleasure, uh, when people say thank you for your service, I always respond with, it's, uh, I'm very pleased that I was allowed to wear the uniform. It well, is, uh, can
1: you tell us some of the places you were?
5: Uh, well, I uh, was at the Folder Gap during the cold war and, uh, did, uh, uh served in OIF in, um, the, um, uh, uh, in my last tour and, um, in support of the global war on terror, more specifically, and uh, also worked in uh, some civilian um, operations as well. So uh, counterterrorism, that is.
1: What does Memorial Day mean to you?
5: Well, it's a time to reflect um, on people who did not come back from the wars and and to, to contemplate, uh, their heroism. And, um, you know, I come from a long line of veterans myself. My grandfather was killed in world war two. And, uh, so it, to me, it was, it's, uh, uh, one of those things that, um, uh, you, it takes some contemplation. I usually read something about an operation, uh, about a, a an event from usually from World War II, sometimes from Vietnam and think about the guys who we lost in, in those uh, operations.
1: Today, there are headlines every single day about war, whether or not it's the war in Ukraine, whether or not it's the fear of war uh, with China and Taiwan. We just uh, heard about President Biden sending troops to Somalia. There's talk of threats from Russia to threaten NATO members. What do you tell people to, there's just so much going on with war. Do you think from what you hear and see and from the inside that we are heading to another world war?
5: Well, it seems inevitable, uh, because first war is part of the human condition. And if you go back in time, um, before there were nation states, there was constant state of war. People always fight villages, kingdoms, um, were fighting over territory, over geography, over religion in some cases, but mostly over geography. And then uh, in 1648, the Peace of Westphalia was signed in in, um, uh, Westphalia, Germany, that established the first nation states. And what we've seen for the past 350 years basically is the same um, the same thing repeating itself, except now with nation states, instead of uh, what you would call corporation war or organizational war, village war, uh, that kind of thing. And so it's part of the human condition. Now that you have uh, na- uh, international communications where nations can communicate, align allies, uh, and troops power to be projected around the globe in an instant, in an instant being days or a week. Uh, Then you've got, anytime there's conflict, you have people lining up. Like right now, what we're seeing in Ukraine, you have the West and NATO, many of the NATO allies lining up behind Ukraine. You have Russia, searching for allies and, and, uh, uh, got an ally in China, the people's Republic of China. And so that kind of thing is what leads to a, to global conflict. And now China it feels, seems like it is positioning itself to be in a position of control. It's spent the last 40 years, uh, with using, uh, espionage to, uh, obtain many weapons and global weapons uh, uh technology th- to develop advanced weapons and uh they've had their designs on being a regional power in the pacific rim and probably beyond that we know for sure that uh they've threatened just in the past 30 years they've threatened war against the united states uh, uh multiple times uh going back to uh And Xi Ho Chen was the defense minister in China saying that war with the West is inevitable and China must control the initiative in that war, signaling to us that uh, we would, um, it's inevitable, basically. And we saw during a conflict in uh, the mid-90s in the Taiwan Straits, when uh, the president at the time sent the Seventh Fleet to try and send a message to China, uh, China said, uh, you're not willing to trade Taipei, Taipei, Taiwan for LA, Los Angeles. And so there's a, there's been a lot of uh, bellicose language for a long period of time coming out of China. Uh, how the United States reacts is kind of a mystery in some cases, but, um, You know, part of it is a strategy of speaking softly and carrying a big stick on the one hand. On the other hand, um, we've also projected weakness in the face of China, which is putting us at a disadvantage, because that's precisely what China is analyzing with regard to the United States. What are we doing? What are we likely to do? And when you see the pullout, the unsuccessful pullout of Afghanistan and, and our, our uh, what you would say, indifference uh, towards Ukraine and Russia, you know, throughout the, the uh, Obama years, you had, uh, we were in a massive movement to appease Russia and Vladimir Putin. Uh, we gave him, the FBI rolled up a, a spy cell of Russian spies in the United States in 2010 and uh, the obama administration sent them back to putin with before we could even interrogate him this was a sleeper cell that had been here for decades you had uh, uh, we had missile we had negotiated missile, missile positions in poland and the czech republic under the bush administration and putin did not want him there the poles and the czechs wanted him there because it felt like it gave them strength against uh Putin who had just invaded South Ossetia in Georgia and uh it thought it gave them some defense and some protection because the you know the United States had an interest in defending their countries because we had missile sites there and then
1: I want to break into giving us so much great information and you're naming things that are going back two decades And, you know, people think this happened overnight, the same way they see the hate now, the spurt out of the the Democratic Party. Nothing happens overnight. And that's a very important point to make this Memorial Day. I mean, if you don't wanna have to celebrate more soldiers dying and commemorating them on Memorial Day, then people have to be aware and get active now. We can't wait two decades to find out more information. I always uh, say something. And when I said it five years ago, people called me a kook. I always said when we were talking about the uh, original Iran nuclear deal that we are pre-Holocaust times. And I feel it now more than ever. We also see a trend right now with veterans. For a while, we did not see veterans going into public office. We didn't see them. I mean, we were always talking Obama never served in any kind of military service. Um Trump didn't. We're seeing now a lot of people in the military retiring and going into public service. There's a record number of Congress people, especially on the right, from all backgrounds. Can you tell us why this is happening?
5: You mean why? So
1: So many people from the military are now going back into public service when for a while we did not have that.
5: Well uh, part of it is the war on Global war on terror has gener- you know you had a lot of patriotic Americans who are committed to public service diverting their careers to go back, uh, to go into the military or return to the military and so you have a lot more veterans and now they're looking at what their country what they fought for and they see a lot of it uh, is not what uh, they had hoped for. I've said many times to other veterans we fought. Around the world to to defend freedom in other places, only to come home and see the kind of thing we were fighting against uh, taking over here in our own country, taking root, and uh, that's I think what has inspired a lot of them and uh, to get back into public service and run for office. And it, it it's unfortunate, you know. You look, we for the most part throughout the 20th century every president almost, uh, save for FDR, uh, Franklin Roosevelt and uh, Bill Clinton, um, all served, I believe. Uh, I believe every one of them served, maybe Coolidge, I'm not sure if he did or not. But um, the um, then you look and even uh, George W. Bush was in the na- National Guard and a, and a uh, pilot, fighter pilot, Then you get Obama, who never served, and you had Clinton, who never served. Clinton and uh, FDR were the only two presidents in the 20th century. What had happened was the Cold War ended and people felt confident about voting for someone like Clinton, who had dodged the draft. Uh, We know for sure now, despite the denials at the time, we know he dodged the draft. And... um, we had uh, uh, he people felt it was okay to vote for someone who had never served, someone who hadn't been tested, and uh, it it ended up being showing, revealing America's weakness. We had eight years of Clinton uh, uh, decontrolling strategic wep- weapons technology to China, while they were pouring illegal donations into his his political coffers. And that uh, strengthened China. It strengthened their their um, advance. Their will. They now have dangerous weapons that they can threaten the world with. That uh, they did not have those. They had. They have defensive measures to defeat countermeasures that can defeat our modern technology. Based on what they were able to steal, or what they what the Clinton administration did controlled for, them. and so that's what happens when when someone who has not actually been tested who's not been put in a position to have to subordinate their own personal interests for the interest of of a greater good you get the mindset of some of a Clinton or an Obama very self-serving and um, uh, to me it was amazing at the time in the 90s I thought you had in both the 92 and the 96 election, you had a guy who had dodged the draft against two guys, a guy who had signed up at the youngest possible age, 17, to fight in World War II. And the same with Dole and, and H.W. Bush in 92. Uh, here's a guy who who manipulated the system to avoid serving, who actually got more votes than the guy who at the youngest possible age, signed up to serve at a time of war and the same in 96 and so how could we expect bill clinton to do anything except what he had done his whole life and that's take care of himself first
1: and now she wants to run again for president
5: oh i think that's a spoof i think she's bluffing because she's trying to stay relevant maybe she's trying to make some more money uh, she has about as much chance in the in this democrat party of, of getting the nomination as um, uh, as mickey mouse uh, she is way out of her league now it's the the party is extreme she couldn't run as the the fake moderate that she was i think it's more about maybe intimidating Biden to have his Justice Department uh, sit down on this, uh, on the Durham investigation. Possibly. I mean, this is highly speculative on my part, but maybe that's what it is. She's sending a message that um, if that investigation gets too close, then uh, she might have to run for president. And that which wouldn't work for her, and she knows it wouldn't work, but it would weaken Biden's chances of being reelected.
1: So uh, you brought up a question I was just about to ask you. You are an award-winning investigative journalist. What are some of the big stories that you are uh, working on? Or what are the, the um, topics that most interest uh, the country right now?
5: Well, I think uh, right now it's the economy mostly. And so I'm, I've been watching that and uh, the political climate uh, I have. Uh, I've been in, in this Durham investigation. I began back in 2016, before before there was a special prosecutor on it, and uh, uh, I over the years uh, wrote quite a bit about it, including uh, what a lot of people don't know about uh, the FBI investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails was that the The FBI, uh, and this is according to Lisa Page's um, testimony to the House, uh, uh, to to a House committee. She said that the FBI wanted to charge Hillary Clinton with the, uh, the Espionage Act, under the Espionage Act, because of keeping classified information on her private email server. And it was an attorney for the U.S. Justice Department who was in charge of the investigation, who said no. That attorney's name is Richard Scott. And before he went to work for the Justice Department, he was a, an attorney at David Kendall's law firm. David Kendall, of course, was Hillary Clinton's attorney, defense attorney in the uh, email investigation. And I'm the, only, I'm the only journalist to ever report that. It's- and We've
1: got to get that out again. But I personally feel that the Durham report is too little too late. The same thing with, and I'm friends with Miranda Devine, laptop from hell. While we're all struggling to get food, we're all struggling to get gas in our cars. Clinton's, I'm sorry, the Bidens, the Pelosi's, everybody else in that circle is still making millions and doesn't, they don't have to worry about feeding their families. They don't have to worry about taking subways and feeling like they are, you know, they're fearing for their lives and getting stabbed. I mean, this has become an everyday kind of situation in New York for um, daylight. They don't have to fear uh, their children's baby formulas not being available. So as much as we say there's so much there and people know the facts, our system is totally corrupt and broken
5: broken for sure, and yes, corrupt as well, and we just have not paid enough attention uh, as citizens to to you know during good times we allowed people like bill clinton to to do the kinds of things that we would never tolerate uh, during a time of war. And uh, same with Obama. We felt good about ourselves because the, we elected a, uh, the first black president. And we uh, so we were willing to look the other way, thinking that at, at some point, um, you know, race relations are going to heal. But uh, in wow. fact, the exact it's opposite worse
1: anti-semitism so, is up uh, asian hate is up uh gender hate is up so it doesn't matter uh the listener wants to know would you encourage your children to go into the military uh,
5: i have i i have four sons and uh i two of them i recommended that they consider military service and they did um and uh, actually all four of them have considered it, uh, two of them I suggested it, and uh, they uh, uh, are all very patriotic, and uh, I think probably a couple of them will if, at some point uh, be be part of the military.
1: Also, a question. Uh, during the Trump administration, Trump made a point of trying to work with veterans as far as getting better services in military hospitals, better services um, for any of their needs as a thank you for their service. And we don't hear anything about that now. And we, um, we're just wondering how do the servicemen feel about what's going on and where their thoughts are in 2022 elections?
5: Uh, I think many of them are, are sort of uh, depressed. We. Um, without going into a lot of detail, I would say that in some places, the veterans, uh, the veterans medical care is good. In some places, it's deplorable and veterans are not being seen. Uh, there's rule Trump instituted rules and uh, uh, during his term about how long if, if a veteran makes an appointment he has to be seen within seven days of asking for the appointment and that's being ignored now and in some cases it's causing problems uh i hear from some uh people who are in the active duty military in the medical corps who have said that they are so sick and tired of having to divert resources to uh Train and prepare for transgenders in the military, while de- while you know when resources are needed to treat men and women who have been injured on active duty who need medical treatment, but they spend time and resources uh, training to integrate uh, transgenders into the military. I think it's it, it's very strange, bizarre uh, that we we would even consider such a thing at this time.
1: Any last thoughts before we close?
5: Uh, well, congratulations on the show and, uh, you. wow, you're perfect for this.
1: <laughs> thank you. And we're expanding next month. So thank you.
5: Well, it's my pleasure. And, uh, and uh, again, congratulations and, uh, Any word to
1: fellow veterans like yourself on this Memorial Weekend show and to their families and to the families of those who uh, actually lost uh, the military family members in their lives?
5: I would say those of us who who made it uh, think a lot about the families who lost loved ones. I know I do. And I think other veterans do as well.
1: Where can our audience reach out to you?
5: Uh, well, <laughs> on Twitter, uh, it's at Cap Media Group. On Twitter, uh, that's probably the best way you can DM me if if you want, um, and uh, that's probably the best way to 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 reach me in, in a public sense.
1: Scott, I can't thank you enough. This is Scott Wheeler, investigative journalist, a veteran, and most importantly, my friend. Thank you for joining us on this very um, special weekend as we commemorate American veterans and American soldiers, armed force, military people who gave of their lives for our freedoms. Thank you so much for joining the Cindy Rose
3: Show. I enlisted as a medic to be there to help my patients. And after an injury, I found myself as a patient. I experienced post-traumatic seizures. Depression is a big one that comes along with it, PTSD. So I pursued my PhD in neuroscience and regenerative medicine. The coalition has helped fund my academic pursuits. They genuinely care about helping the vet in whatever way that they can. Through supporting the coalition, you're supporting some of the veterans that have the biggest needs. Visit saluteheroes.org to learn more.
0: Nike is constantly political. Why?
1: and just like that, the time flew by. Before I leave, I want to again thank all of those in the military for their service. And I want to thank the families of those who are mourning today, their fathers, their brothers, grandfathers, and loved ones, neighbors, and friends. Because of those people who gave their lives in our time of need, serving in the military, We have the freedom to have the Cindy Gross Show. And thanks to you, I have a huge announcement. Many of you, brand new listeners over the past couple of months, have been writing and calling the studios and asking more about me. One of the things we realized is that there is no other Jewish woman activist, religious, on the right, or even on the left speaking out, because I will have people on the left on the show to have intelligent discussion. So starting in June, we are expanding with a brand new name, The Jewess Patriot, featuring Cindy Gross, Talk Radio's first Jewish women activist. And we are going on more stations And we are also going to be streaming through video stations and televised twice a week. So stay tuned. We have a big show for the first show in June. We have two huge guests. I'm going to drop through on social media, a little hint about who they are. Both national figures, familiar faces. On this Memorial Day, remember... Share the facts of American history, especially honoring those who died for your freedoms. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for joining today's Cindy Gross Show, America's premier Jewish woman activist. Be sure to download Cindy's next show, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish podcasts. See you next time on The Cindy Gross Show.